Welcome to the Anthesis Net Zero podcast series. I'm Tobias Parker and I'm here with Anthesis Executive Director, Josh Whitney. And we're going to be discussing how organizations are using data to improve decision making, really focusing on avoiding future emissions through the use of data. So hi, Josh, good to talk with you today. And you've been working with lots of organizations to develop their science-based targets. And I'm wondering what you've seen in terms of how they use this data to improve their decision-making and who is it within the organization that's actually using this information? Hi, Toby. Uh, yeah, great to speak with you here on this topic. Um, I would say there's a, there's a couple things that I'll kind of cover briefly, but um, you know, one of the things that uh, is, is both a, a challenge as, as well as a really cool opportunity around this particular topic of science-based targets is that it really does require to bring a lot of disparate stakeholders together. And so, um, you know, beyond sort of the usual suspects when we're talking about energy and, and, and carbon from the facilities and, and finance side, um, kind of more of the interesting intersections that we often see is between sustainability teams and folks like product managers, um, as well as thinking about getting into the supply chain and engaging folks around um, buyers, merchant um, folks, as well as the procurement organization. Um, who typically don't always get engaged on um, immediate sort of operational projects in the context of energy carbon and uh, reducing those those impacts. Um, another sort of uh, interesting outcome is around uh, the fact that as you're setting these these targets, you're effectively setting an internal price on carbon. And for companies who take that to a moderate extent and implement it across their organization, uh, it really can change how people. Um, act, how decisions are made, and the value of, of um, taking action on, on these topics and, and lower the cost in some cases of taking actions that might have a longer payout, but actually reduce more uh, energy and carbon than some of the more shorter term projects that are more typical in a, in a uh, company to select. Um, another outcome really is, is, is that this obviously requires a balance of, of near-term actions and long-term planning. So um, for most companies, right, making decisions on a, on a quarterly basis is, is about as far as folks are typically willing to um, go. The length and duration of, of science-based targets, typically five, 10, 15 years out, really changes the outlook that uh, companies need to be thinking about. Um, and that forces a lot of different engagement and, and decision-making. And then finally, from you know operating out of the office of, of, of sustainability um, on the ambition side, you know these these goals in particular force um, much higher level of, of engagement and decision making than in in some cases a lot of folks are are typically used to. Um, talking specifically about getting C-suite leadership approval for you know both very long duration as well as highly and ambitious targets that we don't always know that we can achieve. And so this not only raises the awareness of sustainability and the, and the impact, but it can be a great catalyst for taking action on other topics too. So as you're digging into the data, presumably you're, you're stepping into areas where there hasn't been a lot of data before. And I guess what I'm wondering is, is whether you're uncovering any surprises and you're bringing sort of new insight into clients and whether you've you could share any views as to some of the surprises that you've helped to uncover for clients. Sure, and you know, with 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 most most companies, I'll kind of start with the with the really big one, um, and then go to some kind of the um, lesser lesser ones. But you know, 
supply chain engagement and scope for emissions, the accounting processes now have, have been around for you know, decades, um, but it still is incredible to help companies go through that process in their own data, on their own terms, um, to help them understand and sort of see it on paper or in a pie chart. Uh, that, that that footprint is you know typically three, five, up to ten times more than their operational footprint. What's going on in their own four four walls? It sort of never ceases to amaze people um, that sort of long tail impact that they have through their vast supply chain. Um, so that's that's still a surprise uh, and and uh, sort of is always um, you know both exciting to help companies realize and then um, uh, always challenging to help them figure out you know, what is the right most advantageous way to go about uh, collecting better data over time, engaging for action, and then being able to account account for all of that. I'd say two other ones that you know are are maybe less less surprises and, and sort of more um, um, realities is, is is on the operational side. Um, you know, sort of renewable energy is is really the initial primary key to making action uh, and seeing progress on getting science-based targets going and, and are moving towards a net zero world. Um, it, it fortunately now, you know, a lot of work has been put in here, um, but it is now essentially a, a transactional challenge for companies to go through um, and, and understand. And, and I think a surprise is that a lot of that work has been done and it's actually quite easy at this point um, to begin procuring renewables across their portfolio, sort of China notwithstanding. Um, but for most companies around the world, um, it, it, it really is um, less of a challenge than it has been in, in the past, which is great because it's a huge area that um, we need to see a lot of progress. And then lastly, um, sort of less, less a surprise, but just the fact that, you know, getting to actual zero is going to be really hard, uh, you know, let alone from a baseline uh, point, of, point of view from a, from a moment in time, but also managing that uh, forward growth to staying flat and then reducing from that point forward. And that's something that I think not, all, not everyone realizes when we're setting targets, uh, particularly from a point in time, that we not only have to reduce you know, from that point, but also everything that we might be growing in, into the future. Thank you. So in the last show, we talked a little bit about the role of, of governments. And one of the big things in many governments' calendars is the COP26 next year in Glasgow in November. And I guess what I'm interested in is the, the build-up to COP26, when we hope to see some increased ambitions coming from government, which will influence how businesses and investors work. Um, so I'm just wondering what you see as the, the most critical steps over this next 15-month period. Yeah, well, coming from uh, speaking to you with an uh, American accent, I'll start there um, and then and then go on. So obviously, I think critical step from the U.S. point of view is is to um, cross fingers, hope and pray that we get some more progressive leadership uh, at the White House level, um, so that um, all of the incredible business community progress that has been really sustained uh, through Obama and and since 2016 really can continue. Um, I, I have to say that it, it has been an incredible relief, actually, that you know the progress that was made prior to the current administration um, wasn't a deterrent once Trump has been in the White House. Sort of corporate America drank the Kool-Aid around sustainability and in particular climate, and irrespective of policy action, has been very committed to 
taking action here. So having said that, we know that um, policy is a really important lever. And in the context of um, a decisive decade, and, and there is a bit of a time and scale pace component to all of this, it would be wonderful if we can get some more leadership that combines the actions of the business community and, and, and general capitalism doing what it, what, what it does. Um, I think two other areas that are, I think, quite, quite interesting, um, and we'll see how these play out is, is to the point around getting to zero is going to be very difficult. Um, one area that is seeing an increasing amount of, of attention, particularly in the last couple of weeks, really, with a couple of corporates like Danone, um, Unilever, uh, Amazon, Microsoft, putting billion-dollar funds together is, is investing in carbon removal, both nature-based solutions as well as technical and carbon, carbon capture. Um, we're going to need that uh, as we go forward here. So um, as, as much you know, as we can to avoid and reduce, we're going to really need to innovate and invest in um, these types of technologies and solutions. So be really interested to see what, what happens around that, that topic. And then lastly, from a more of a company, company perspective and those who are you know, either, either on the fence or, or looking to take action, um, it's really about covering the basics. So you know, get your footprint um, put, put together, we talked about scope three, um, that, 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 that does require typically a bit more time to really un understand and figure out where there's going to be business benefit to taking action. Um, and I think lastly, know that everyone is really figuring this out too. So you're not alone. Um, and I think having a plan that is, you know, 80% baked um, should be really enough uh, for, for making commitments here. That's great, Josh. Many thanks for that. So we'll be definitely returning to focusing on the topics around uh, investment and innovation um, as we see these developments happening. Um, we've got some specific podcasts on those uh, topics, so we'll get into that in some more detail. Next, however, we'll be looking at how organizations are reducing their carbon footprint uh, of their operations and supply chains. So many thanks for your time, Josh. Good luck with the future. Good luck um, over this next 15 months for us all. And uh, we'll see you soon.